Our story begins in total darkness. The room is filled with the musty odor of stagnant air and the intermittent groans that accompany any tired, old, abandoned house. As the eyes begin to acclimate to the darkness, the contents of a garage become visible. A work table, a saw, an axe. Far from the perimeter of the space, there is a man. He sits slumped forward with his head on his bare chest. His head appears misshapen, but upon second glance, it becomes clear that a paper bag has been pulled over his face with two eye holes cut into it. If the eyes were sharp enough to read in the dim light, one might notice the word piggy written crudely in red. His hands are tied behind his back. He does not move. A figure emerges from the darkness. She's carrying an old lantern, casting warm light and furtive shadows throughout the room. Ignoring the man, she moves about the garage, burning sage and tossing salt, as if performing some sort of ritual. She moves with intention, no extraneous breath or movement. When satisfied with her work, she sits in front of the man, placing the lantern before her. Bathed in its warm light, her image becomes clear. This is Ophelia. She is dressed in a simple, light-colored dress, and her hair hangs loose. Ophelia stares at the figure for a long time in complete silence before clicking off the light. Darkness falls again. Can I tell you a secret? You can't tell anyone. I don't think you will, but I know you. And I know how you are. How you can be sometimes. When you've been drinking, when you get that look in your eye, you haven't been, have you? You'd tell me if you were. You'd tell me. I know you. With a metallic click, the lantern flicks on again. Ophelia sits before the figure just as she did previously, this time with an axe placed across her lap. Here's my secret. By the end of tonight, I'm going to kill my sister, Rainy. She chuckles to herself as she traces the rusted blade of the axe with her finger, counting the 14 notches carved into the handle. She isn't really my sister, even though she'll sometimes hold me and tell me that we are sisters and that we'll be sisters forever and ever, but we weren't then and we aren't now. We never were. It doesn't matter. I think it's just, I've been thinking about this for a long time. So long. During restless nights and frantic days, I've been thinking about it. I want to cut off her legs. I haven't told anyone this before, and it is so liberating to finally say it out loud. I want to cut off her legs. (laughs) I want to cut off her arms. She'd be a stump, a beautiful stump. 
We sat on stumps once in the woods a long time ago, and I read Poe to her. She fell asleep. The stumps were rotten on the inside, which is fitting because she's rotten on the inside too. Just like me. I want to see her as a stump alive and aware. Just for a moment. I, I know she'll probably die before I can get all of her limbs off, but I think if I am really quick, I can do it. I want to spread the marrow that is in her long bones on my toast tomorrow morning with blueberry preserves and goat cheese. I want to make her skull into a bowl that I could hold potpourri in. Did I tell you I've been making potpourri? Oh, it is so good. I've got to bring you some next time I see you. I, I want to grind her spine into dust and mix it in with flour and make banana bread out of it. I don't, I don't know how to do that, but I found a recipe online and it looks really easy. I want my place to fill with the warm smell of her baking and I will smell it and I will smile. God, how I will smile. Ophelia closes her eyes and smiles widely, wrapped up in the idea a moment passes and she opens her eyes, her smile gone. But you can't tell her. It's a surprise. We'll just, we'll just put this back for now. She moves across the room to hang the axe back up on the wall. With her back turned to the man, Ophelia's energy changes. She seems to become suddenly very shy, almost flirtatious. Glancing over her shoulder, she asks, Can I be honest with you? Can I tell you the truth? I feel like we have been so wrapped up in lies. <laughs> you and I, and I just want to be honest with you now. You won't tell anyone, will you? It is so good to see you. You'll look well. I know I look, well, I know how I look. She stands before him now, playing with the hem of her dress, bashful. Perhaps it is the flickering light of the lantern or a flame burning within her, but in a sudden shift, Ophelia's large eyes go black. I know, you know. I have known since the beginning. It doesn't bother me much. I just want you to know that I know. Will you promise not to tell anyone what I'm going to tell you next? Promise. Pinky promise. Swear. Cross your heart and hope to die? Okay. Good. Okay. Once upon a time, there used to be a girl named Anne. 
she liked the Ramones and wore glasses and had a hedgehog named Potato Chips. She was thinking about dyeing her hair or getting a septum piercing or a tattoo. Something small, tasteful, a, a black rose on her ankle. And couldn't cook or clean or take care of herself. But she was content, I guess. She watched Friends all the way through seven times. She won a trivia contest all by herself. She made a can. She must have emailed the local community theater a hundred times about auditioning. But on the day of, she would chicken out and say she got food poisoning or had a family emergency or got her days mixed up. And she finally stopped making excuses and just wouldn't even email at all. She wanted to go to opening night and did, but she was ashamed. She was worried that people would recognize her and laugh. She's still worried about what people thought of her then. Ophelia pauses a moment, raising her lantern to see that her audience is paying attention. He sits motionless. Satisfied, she continues. She was so good with the characters. Anne was. She would stay up late at night to do monologues from Shakespeare. The male ones mostly. Macbeth, Hamlet, Lear. She was intrigued by their darkness, their complexity, their low-burning insanity. She would recite Shakespeare in front of a row of one-eyed stuffed animals. The air smelled like vanilla and honeysuckle and dry rot. The stuffed animals always seemed appreciative, even though they never applauded. Anne's parents paid her rent. She wanted to get a dog, but she was scared that it would eat potato chips, the hedgehog. She worked 20 hours a week at Target for minimum wage. She didn't have any aspirations other than being an actor, and she couldn't even do that, except in her head. And then one day, Anne met me. It was summer then, and Anne had lost her smile. She went down to the stream to look for it. She didn't find her smile, but she did find a toad on a lily pad. She picked him up and she held him in her hands. And when she looked up, I was there. I said, hello. And she dropped the toad and I, she asked where I came from. And I said, I came from the house on the hill. This is my land. This is my stream, but you can stay. She smiled and I smiled back and she asked me what my name was. And I said, Ophelia. She said, like in Hamlet? <laughs> I said, like in Hamlet? We spent the rest of the day looking for tadpoles and rocks. She spent the night at my house and never left. Will you excuse me for a moment? I have to get ready. It's almost time. I can't have her see me like, like this. She crosses to the workbench on the side of the room, returning with a hammer. Wake up. 
It's almost time. He does not move. Ophelia strikes the leg of the chair with the hammer, causing a hollow sound to ring throughout the space. Slowly, his head begins to move. There you are. I caught you. Ophelia runs her hand down the paper bag gently, almost affectionately. I caught you the same way that I used to catch fireflies at dusk and put them in mason jars. I'd fall asleep and forget about them. And when I woke up, they would all be dead. I won't forget about you, though. You mean too much to me. Ophelia crosses behind the man where she has stashed a trash bag. She returns before him, asking, Will you watch me undress? You can keep your eyes closed, I suppose. Or you can watch me. I think you want to. I think you always did. Now you can. I give you my permission. Watch me and don't look away. And when you speak, only say the words that I want you to hear. Ophelia begins to undress. She takes off her dress and stands before him in her underwear for a long moment. She looks down at herself. I know I'm probably not what you imagined. Can you see my scars? They're everywhere. Ophelia reaches down into the bag and begins to pull out clothes and put them on. Black pants, a plain black t-shirt, boots, a leather jacket. Unable to free himself, the man can only watch. I hope that I'm not boring you, but it's been so long since I found anyone that I can talk to the way I can talk to you. I think you're the one. She keeps a framed photograph of Anne on her dresser in an heirloom frame. Maybe we can get married somewhere by the coast in the spring when everything is lush and green. She has nightmares now. Bad ones. Are you having a good time? You're awfully quiet. It's just... When she wakes, she screams and then she cries. I want you to like me. And then she'll break whatever she has left to break. But never the picture of Anne. I probably shouldn't have told you about the whole... Wanting to kill Rainy with an axe thing. Not exactly something you bring up on the first date. She is afraid of thunder. Or even a second date. It was just a bad dream, she whispers to herself, but soft as though not to wake anyone up, even though she lives alone now. The thunder groans in the background, and the girl who was once scared of monsters hiding underneath her bed was gone. Anne was gone. Anne died. It's still summer then. Everything was dry. Cracks formed in the ground. At church, they prayed for rain like pagans. Her parents had a funeral for her and everything. There's a headstone that you can visit, but the casket below is empty. Someone always leaves a bundle of baby's breath on it, but I couldn't say who. The rain came on the last day of summer. Where were you? I was on the porch. I was sipping peach moonshine from out of a mason jar. The lightning reflected purple in my eyes. I wanted to bottle it up. Bottle what up? The storm. Why? I thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Where was Anne? When? By then. Gone. Gone where? As if confused by the question, Ophelia pauses. Her eyes glaze over as she is consumed by a memory. My arms were killing me. I'd been digging all day. 
The redneck neighbors who lived to the west were playing mandolin and hollering songs. And then? And then the rain fell, so strong that it looked horizontal from the porch. And then? And then I slept. For 12 hours, I slept like the dead, waiting for Jesus to return. And when I awoke, the land around me was underwater as far as the eye could see. Like I had slept through a great flood and was now adrift on an ocean heading to some distant land. And then? And then nothing. And after nothing? Nothing. Still. It's a shame. About Anne. What was? I liked her. What about her? I liked her smile. It was crooked. You liked that she forgot to lock her door at night. I wish she was here. Shut up. She would understand. You make me sick. Sick like food poisoning. Sick like cancer that has roots, deep roots. I feel tired and shaky all over. Can you tell us where Anne is? Why do you want to know? Where is she? She is gone. Yes, but gone where? To the great unknown. She's eating hot dogs with Jesus and Elvis and 47 virgins. I'm sure she'd love that. I'm sure she would. Where's her body? It's out behind the house in a grave that I dug. What's it doing there? Nothing. I tried to plant a lemon tree over it, but that died too. What are we going to- Shut up! A long silence passes. Ophelia has finished dressing. She ties her hair back quickly. She now takes a can of black makeup out and smears it all over her face crudely. Once that is done, she caps the makeup and puts it back in the trash bag. Can I tell you something else? Will you listen to me, even if I speak really low? I want you to know me the way that no one knows me. I want you to know me better than I know myself. I was a caterpillar. I was ordinary and a little weird and a bug and nobody paid me any mind. I spun a cocoon from rotten silk that I gathered from my mother's wedding dress that I found in the attic. I became a butterfly. I died. People mourned me. I didn't care, I was decomposing. I was born again as a moth. I only came out at night. I became an omen of death. People got tattoos of me. Maybe Anne would have gotten one. Maybe we both would have gotten one. But the truth is that not a day goes by that I don't think about her and what I could have or what I should have done. The window downstairs broke. A gentle sound in the middle of the night and I hid under the bed. I think I broke then, and I think I am broken now. I heard Anne scream for help. And a part of me never stops hearing that cry. Grown manic, she takes several long, deep breaths and rolls her head around on her shoulders. She stretches her hands behind her back, attempting to harness her own wild energy. I know my insanity. I know it the way I know the strands of my hair. I like to dig out the flower beds behind my insanity and plant black roses and daffodils. I feel it deep down inside of me, an aching, a yearning, like a great black 
dog inside of me wanting to come out. And when it comes out, it looks like this. How do I look? Do I look beautiful to you? Would you tell me if I did? No, you wouldn't. Because I know you and I know how you lie. So do not look at me and do not lie to me. Just sit there in silence. And when Rainy comes, I will kill her and then I will eat her. And then she pauses, looking down at her hands. And then I don't know. I keep thinking that I should kill myself so I can see Anne again. So I can rip my heart out of my chest and hold it out to her, bleeding and small, and say, here, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And will you please forgive me? I have gone through hell just to get back to you, but I am here now. And I'm sorry. But I am scared that a stony silence will fall. And then she'll look away. And then I'll be lost. Damned. So I stay. I stay because I was afraid then and I am afraid now. Ophelia sits on the ground next to him. A silence falls. Exhausted and lonesome, she leans into him, resting her head in his lap. He clears his throat. Can I ask you something? If you must. At night, do you dream? What a silly question. Of course I dream. Everyone dreams. What do you dream about? I dream about the sea. And what else? Eternity. How it seems to go on forever and ever. And what else? Smoked vanilla. Burning wood. Oatmeal with dried cranberries and brown sugar in the mornings. Anne's face on the pillow next to mine. Sleeping. And then? And then I wake up. Alone. I wake up alone. I'm sorry. For what? Sorry for it all. Sorry for the way that I am. Okay. Do you accept? Do I accept what? My apology. No, of course not. Are you going to kill me? Yes. Of course. When? Soon. After you kill Rainy? Yes. Are you going to eat me too? God, no. You'd be too stringy and gamey. But if you had to, how would you do it? Ophelia looks him over for a moment, considering. I'd put your shoulder in a pot of pearl onions and beef stock. Let it simmer all night. See if I can boil some of the awfulness out of you. I'd shred up the rest like pot roast. If I had to. Another long silence falls. The man begins to look around the room. Where are we? We are in the epicenter of my nightmare. Welcome. What do we do now? Now we wait. 
What are we waiting for? Out of the darkness, we hear a voice softly say, Ophelia. It's rainy. She comes dressed very similarly to Ophelia. She drops a travel bag to the floor as she emerges from the shadows. An impressive collection of expertly cleaned knives sheathed to her belt, catching the flickering glimmer of the lantern light. Ophelia turns towards the sound of her name and sees Rainy. There is a long and tense silence. Ophelia, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I wasn't there. I'm so, so sorry. You missed the funeral. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm fucked up. I'm a fuck up. Will you please forgive me? Please don't swear. You know I don't like it. I'm sorry. Stop apologizing. It sounds so strange to hear you say it. I'm... Where have you been? I ran away to go and find myself. Did you? Did I what? Did you find yourself? Yeah, found myself on a 20-acre goat farm in the middle of America. How was it? Fine. It was fine. They were baby goats. You would have liked them. You could have... I missed you. You look... I know how I look. So this is going to be really hard for me to say. Then don't say it. I have to. It's important. I love you. I really do. I know that I don't say it enough, but I do. You're like the sister that I always used to bug my parents about not giving me. They gave you brothers, four of them. Yeah. And they're all madly in love with you. Are they really? That doesn't matter. What matters is me letting you know how much I love you. You don't have to say anything. I just thought you should know. Okay? Okay? She nods, satisfied. Rainy begins to look around the room, noticing their guest for the first time. You caught another one. There used to be a stream about a mile away from the house. I used to take my grandfather's fishing pole and catch catfish. Catfish, yes, I know. We would dip them in cornmeal and then deep fry them. Did I ever make that for you? No. Well, they all died is what I'm trying to say. I, I used to name them all. Did you name him? I named him Sam. I named them all Sam. Sam it is then. Sam. At first I used to feel bad about killing them. About killing Sam. And then? And then my grandfather told me that catfish have a poisonous barb. Yes, they do. And it's right here. <laughs> and if they sting you with it, then you could die. I stopped feeling so bad after that. Where'd you find him? In the gutters of my mind. The places where all the filthy water goes to build and be still and attract mosquitoes. I found him on campus. And then? And then he met me. And then? And then I don't know. Is he dead? I don't know. Well, I'm glad you're here with me. It'll make this easier. I brought a tarp. It's in the car. We don't want a repeat of what happened last time, do we? Lost in thought, Ophelia doesn't answer. Noting a strangeness about her energy, Rainy asks, Are you okay? Maybe just a little. Must have been something I ate. Shaking off Rainy's concern, she goes to leave the garage. Where are you going? Just to get some air. Wait! Rainy crosses to the axe. She takes it down from where Ophelia hung it earlier. 
handing it over, she says. You can never be too careful. No, no, of course you can't. Ophelia goes. Rainy and Sam are alone. She stares at him for a long moment. Rainy takes one of the knives out of her belt, tracing the length of his shoulders with the blade's sharp point. Sam doesn't move. She bounces it against her palm a few times before putting it back in her belt. I'm Rainy. I know that I'm supposed to talk to you, but I don't know what to say. Oh, I'm supposed to tell you my secrets, but I don't have anything to hide. I'm not eloquent the way that Ophelia is. I'm just... Well, I'm just me. I guess I can tell you the beginning, even though we're more towards the middle. I'll tell it to you, but you have to piece the rest of it together on your own. Before all of this, I used to work at a butcher shop. The one that used to be on 45th before they burned it down. After it burned to the ground, I snuck back there and gathered some of the ashes in a jar that I now keep beside my bed. I loved it there. It was my home. I worked there. I slept there sometimes when I was too drunk to drive. I, I made love there once. It was a long time ago. It doesn't matter. What matters is that I loved it. I used to fantasize about maybe buying it one day from the brothers that owned it and putting a few tables and a counter, selling burgers made from ground up steaks, scraps, and fries, maybe some wine, stuff like that. I used to carry around a little notebook in my back pocket and I'd write down ideas. Hmm. It seems silly now. I used to come in on my days off and help out if there was something primal that needed breaking down and someone was out sick. I'd get some home with some spare ribs, slap them on the grill, feast on those in red wine, and fall asleep on my futon, wake up the next day with a little hangover, and then do it all over again. When I first started there, they gave me a shot glass of hot pig's blood and told me that I had to drink it that they had all done it, and now I had to do it and not be a pussy. Uh, So I downed it and then immediately threw up all over everyone's shoes while everyone laughed and clapped me on the back. I was in. I had made it. I was one of them. They gave me an apron and called me Rain Dog. Nobody called me sweetheart or darling or sugar or tried to grab my ass whenever I bent over. No one got jealous or anything like that. We were a family. I'd bring home bones and Ophelia would make stocks out of them and I'd bring them in whenever anyone at the shop got sick. Everything was fine. Everything was just fine. And then I met James. Rainy pauses for a moment. She returns to her travel bag, stooping over and standing again with a bottle of wine in hand. She takes a long drag from the bottle. James was a friend of my boss at the butcher shop. He worked as a carpenter, cabinet maker. He made chairs sometimes. They were kind of wobbly and it used to drive him crazy. General carpentry, building flats for high school theaters, things like that. I used to hang out in his workshop and drink and watch him work. I'd get sawdust in my hair and worry that he was going to cut off his hand. It's funny. I don't really think about this stuff anymore. We went out to dinner a few times before we started staying in more. 
I cooked for him. He cooked for me. He wasn't very good at it, but I pretended that he was. I taught him how to fillet a fish and he taught me how to build a shell. I made a rickety one and still have it. I put some rocks on it, crystals and things like that. And sometimes the sun coming in through the window will catch them and create little rainbows on my wall. What the fuck am I even saying? Our passion was like a fire in the woods. It burned brightly for a while and then cooled some. We spend the nights on the couch watching friends and falling asleep with Chinese takeout in front of us. We turned into a cliche. I got worried. I overthought. I overthought everything. I thought we were growing apart. I am. I try to spice things up for us to keep him interested. We tried all sorts of things. Oh, but you don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about that one night, the night that started this whole thing. I've only talked about it twice. I don't remember a lot of it. Another silent moment passes. Rainy moves to Sam, squatting in front of him. It was winter then. He had a cold. Everything outside was dead. The trees were dead. The plants in the windowsill were dead. I'd gotten home from the shop and I hadn't taken a shower yet. And the smell of death hung over me still. He pushed me away. He said a go away that I stunk, but I persisted. I remember him on the bed, naked, lit by firelight from a candle that Ophelia had made for us. He was tied up with some old shoelaces. Bottle of wine in hand, Rainy straddles Sam where he sits, her free arm wrapped around him, gripping the back of the chair. Sam, are you in there? I'm here. I'm Rainy. Pleasure to meet you. I'm sure. I'm going to take the bag off your head now. If I do, will you promise to behave? Yes. Will you bite me? No. No, of course not. Rainy lets go of the back of the chair and removes the bag from Sam's head. With sunken eyes, he stares unblinkingly at Rainy. Dried blood can be seen trailing from a cut that splits his cheekbone. A bruise is beginning to show under his eye. His breathing is steady. There you are. Here I am. She takes another drag from her bottle of wine. When she offers him a drink, he accepts, and she pours it into his mouth. I made the mistake of asking James if he could ever imagine us being married, and he said, No. Why? Can you? And I laughed and changed the subject. You're changing the subject now. But that night, as he lay in bed next to me, I realized that I was getting older, that I was older, and that I wanted different things now. But that night. But that night. I remember straddling him and and looking down at him, but his eyes were unfocused. He was thinking about something else. What do you think he was thinking about? I couldn't say. But if you had to guess. A cabin, deep in the woods. One that he would have built himself. Would have? Yes, would have. What happened next? Rainy leaves Sam's lap. 
She stays facing him as she slinks backwards across the room. Come with me. Can't. Why not? I'm tied up. Can't move. Then free yourself. James did. With a gentle thud, the heavy rope binding Sam's hands falls to the ground. He places them on his lap for a moment before massaging out the spots made sore from being so tightly bound. Were you free the entire time? Yes. Would you have told us eventually? Come here, please. After a tentative moment of judgment, Sam stands and crosses to Rainy. Rainy takes one of his hands and puts it to her throat. She takes his other hand and does the same. She places her hands over his. We ended up like this. How? I don't know. I don't remember. And then? He begins to tighten his grip. My vision was blurry and red. And then? And then I kicked at the floor. I kicked at nothing. I tried to stay stop, but I couldn't. And then? And then I had one of my knives in my hand. Rainy pulls one of her knives from her belt, gently touching it to the throbbing vein in Sam's throat. He releases his hands and steps backwards. How did it get there? I just grabbed it. No, that, that night, the night of... I don't know. I couldn't say. It was like the devil put it in my hand. And then what happened? I sliced his stomach from here to here. Quick. So quick that if you blinked, you might have missed it. We both looked down together. His guts fell out of his stomach and onto my shoes. (laughs) He stopped choking me then. Sam steps away from Rainy, drawn to her and yet desperately fearful for his life. He fell backwards and I slid down the wall, grasping for breath. His hands made dark bruises on my throat that lingered there afterwards like storm clouds that didn't bring any rain. I caught my breath. Blood was pooling under him. His guts were still on my shoes and the knife was still in my hand. I cut his head off. Slowly, raggedly, it wasn't clean or perfect or even great. How did you feel? I don't know. I don't remember. And now? Guilty. Angry. So angry. Sam takes another step back. Rainy moves towards him this time, closing the gap between them. Knife still in hand, she herds him back to the chair. She sheaths her knife and ties him up. I took the rest of him into the bathtub and broke him down the same way I would a pig. Ophelia and I ate the thick part of his thigh that night for dinner. I froze the rest of him. I thought I would want to eat more of him later, but I didn't. The thought of eating any more of him made me sick. And then I went away for a few months because that's what I do when things get tough. I leave. I ran away to San Francisco and I stayed on the beach and I looked at the waves and I didn't have blood crusted underneath my fingernails and I didn't have someone that I might have once loved digesting inside of me. And when I came back, Ophelia was sitting on the couch 
reading Macbeth by firelight because they had turned off the electricity again. I dropped my suitcase on the ground and Ophelia came to me and told me that she was sorry that she'd eaten the rest of James because she... She didn't want him to spoil and his death to have been for nothing. She knew that I loved him and that she was sorry. I was wrong. I could have been wrong. I play the memory over and over and over in my head, but it is never the same. I either can't remember what happened or I really don't want to. Did I really say stop? Did he really choke me that hard? I don't want to talk about this anymore. And then what happened? And then they found James' blood in the cracks of my floorboards. They found traces of him in the bathtub. He was everywhere in that house. And then? And then they came after me. Where did you go? I hid. I hid in the wood with a coven of witches. They took me in. I butchered chickens for them, and they took the guts, and they told me my future with them. What did they say? Nothing good. They said... That I live with the devil inside of me. And then? And that brings us to here. The now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And when the nights are the longest and the dark is darkest, I find myself missing him. I find myself missing my old life. I find myself missing waking up and putting on an apron and getting called rain dog, smoking an occasional cigarette on break. I find myself missing coming home with blood under my fingernails and dancing around drunkenly to Tom Waits records with James. I find myself missing staying up late and sleeping in, and now there's only this. A silent moment passes and Ophelia re-enters, tarp and axe in hand. Although Rainy sees her, she does not acknowledge her entrance. There is a palpable tension in the room. Ophelia crosses to return the axe to its resting place. I brought the tarp. Can I ask you something? If you must. Ophelia takes the tarp to Rainy. Together, they unfold it, billowing it into the air as if they were making a bed. They lay the tarp flat on the ground, placing heavy weights on each of its corners. Why did you keep eating people? Why? I don't know. Really? Because they taste good? Lots of things taste good. I don't know. Tell me. I don't know, Rainy. I guess there must be something wrong with me. Maybe I'm evil. Do you believe in evil? No. Rainy, hmm. why did you ask me that? I don't know. I've just always been curious. Curious? Yes. You're reading too much into this. Do you think that I'd eat you? Would you? I asked you first. Like if we were both stranded and I was already dead and you needed to eat me to survive? Yes. Absolutely. Right? Right. Better you than someone else. I'd be honored if you ate me to stay alive. I don't know anything about you. What do you mean? You know more about me than anyone in the entire world. Rainy, 
Hmm. If you died today, what would be the one thing that you regretted not ever doing? I regret not turning myself in. After? After James. Oh, him. I forgot about him. Must be nice. I think about him every single day. Still? Yes, still. If you had turned yourself in, you never would have met those witches. True. What else? What else what? What else would you regret? I'd regret that I didn't spend more time with you. That I was never around much. You were around plenty. No, I wasn't. But I appreciate you saying so. Rainy touches Ophelia's hand briefly. After a moment, Ophelia smiles at her. Hey, don't worry. About what? I'll fix you, okay? Okay. Should we get started? I guess. They both stand. Rainy takes a phone out of her pocket. After a few taps, music begins to play. Ophelia crosses to the corner of a garage where well-worn butcher's aprons hang on rusted nails. She puts one on and hands another to Rainy. She dons an apron as well, placing her phone in one of its pockets as Ophelia retrieves Sam. Realizing what is going on, he begins to fight wildly. Ophelia deftly ties his kicking feet together at the ankles. She knocks him out of the chair and drags him by the feet to where Rainy stands waiting on the tarp. After rolling him onto his belly, Ophelia sits on his back, pulls his head back by his hair, and exposes his throat. She reaches her hand out to Rainy for one of her knives, but she does not give it to her. She instead kneels next to where he lay, bound and screaming, reaches out, and in one effortless movement, slices his throat from ear to ear. Boiling in quiet rage, Ophelia holds his head as blood drains from his body. She then stands and crosses to the axe she left hanging on the wall. Rainy has once again pulled her phone from her pocket, taking pictures of herself and the scene. Coming up silently and unnoticed behind her, Ophelia hoists the axe above her. She struggles for a moment internally before taking aim and bringing the axe down with all her strength. 